0: Have you ever wanted to play the perfect tabletop game where story beats run smoothly and there's no awkward pauses between dice rolls? Yeah, me too. But since that's impossible, I did the next best thing and novelized my Witcher tabletop game to showcase the story in its cleanest form. The result is this podcast. I'm Jacob Gerstel, and this is Tales from the Witcher. Part audiobook, part actual play, part serialized adventure, and a whole new way to vicariously enjoy tabletop games. Welcome to the world of The Witcher, where monsters roam freely and the continent is once again at war. If you were hoping to follow the plight of Geralt of Rivia, however, I'm not going to be doing that. Instead, I offer you the story of a not-so-merry band of degenerates who are making their way across the continent. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Midate. 23. Ethrimel Untred woke up before the sun. He barely slept on the hard ground in Blagrin. He had hoped to find some comfort and solace among the trees that reminded him of the forests of Doblathana, but he sensed something was off in this forest. He didn't notice it before, when he had too many things on his mind, but when he was lying in his tent, alone, he couldn't deny the feeling. Ethermel hoped it wasn't a bad omen. He had plenty of time to think on that, and a dozen other things that night, vacillating over whether he wanted to leave a scar or to heal. He made up his mind by the time he rose. The candles were unlit in Shenny's tent, but Ethramel stepped in anyway. The commando leader was asleep at her desk, head rested in her arms. Sleep had softened her features, and made her look as if she didn't have a care in the world. That was, of course, the furthest thing from the truth. Shenny, wake up. We need to talk. He expected her to leap up and pull a dagger by reflex, honed over years of hunting and being hunted. Instead, Shenny's eyes blurred open, and she snorted breath. She blinked and slowly tilted her head up, as if confused by her surroundings. After a moment, she yawned and rubbed her eyes. Do you have any idea what plowing time it is? Too early. I'm going back to kalmek Running off? Don't insult me. I'll be there during mid-eight, looking for the best opportunity to strike the delegation. I want you to have six archers posted near the town. If I give a signal during the feast, they're to sneak in and snipe as many Kedweni as they possibly can. Shenny wiped her lips with the back of her hand. And what's the signal to be? Ethel thought of this as well. I'll shoot a gout of flame into the sky. Not exactly the most subtle. Subtlety was never my strong suit. If the archers don't see a signal during the feast, that means there's no opportunity to attack the delegation. They should head back and inform you of this. From there, you'll line the roads to Mahakam and wait to ambush the delegation on the road. Does that make sense? Aye. Shenny sniffed. I'll have Aloo pick and lead the archers. Ethramel blinked. That's all? I must admit I was expecting some resistance. What would be the point? Shenny said with a wave of her hand. You're going to do what you're going to do. And... Perhaps an ambush on the road might be best after all. Whatever kills the Kedweni, right? Shenny agreeing with my plan, Ethramel thought. More bad omens. I'll need my sword and staff, please, he said. For safety. Shenny gave him his weapons. The sorcerer felt relief having them in his grasp again. Wait a few hours before sending a loo. Shenny gave a tired smile. Good luck, Ethramel, And to you, Shenny. Ethramel fed Enye and rode north towards Kalmec following the path he and Alu took the day before. His panic and worry dissipated with the darkness. His plan gave him the best odds to succeed, and minimized Ethromel's personal risk. Staying in Kalmec was the crux of it. Being separated from the Skoyatel provided him cover in case things went poorly, and the Kedweni were looking for elves to blame. Unless, of course, Kalmec starts a pogrom against all elder folk, Ethramel thought with a frown. Best not to dwell on that so instead, Ethermel focused on the path in front of him, keeping an eye out for any hungry Andrega. He saw no fresh burrows on the path, which the sorcerer also considered a bad omen. Ethermel rounded a cluster of decaying trees and saw six armed men on horses, with black cloaks embroidered with the sixteen-point sun of Nilfgaard. They were surrounding a log cabin that Alu said belonged to some woodsman. The door was blown clean off its hinges, and he heard someone rummaging inside. "'Well,' Ethramel thought. One of the men-at-arms pointed to the elf and motioned him over. Here, he said, to both Ethramel and whoever was inside the cabin. The sorcerer thought he could outpace them. After all, he'd beaten the raiders on the road before. But what would be the point? The raiders and assassins would just keep hunting him. He would know no peace. He rode slowly towards the Nilfgaardians, his hand straying to the sword hidden under Enye's blanket. Lovely day, is it not? he asked. It is, a voice said in Elder Speech from the cabin. Ethermel expected Luthley the assassin to step out, but instead it was a pale man with dark hair and a grin. Well met, Kin. Ethramel tried to remember the man. After all, he had met many people over his hundred and fifty three years, but he couldn't place a name or a face. Do I know you? he asked in Elder Speech. The man shook his head. No. I'm Colden Opteld. And unless I'm mistaken, you're Ethrimel on Tread, are you not? Ploughing bad omens, Ethermel thought. He judged he had enough distance to run towards Calmec if he needed to. You speak my mother tongue well, he said. You are half elf? Perceptive. From Sintra. Now a proud diplomat of Imperator Emir Var Emris. A little far from the front lines to be saying that so casually, are you not? Diplomats have always been given special considerations, especially in times of war. Why hide who I am? I'd like to speak with you, Ethramel. I have a proposition. Ethramel looked to the six men at arms and tried to judge their expressions. They were inscrutable as stone. Colden chuckled and held out his arms. We can walk towards Kalmec. It'll be just you and me. I'll be unarmed. You can carry whatever you wish. What's the proposition? Colden winked. Something you'll like. But you have to walk with me to hear it. Then lead on, Colden up the diplomat turned back towards the cabin and said in common, Thank you for your assistance getting here, doctor, but we'll no longer need your service. Feel free to ride back to Kalmec, or stay with my men until I return. They do enjoy company. Ethermel heard shuffling footsteps, and Carmignola, that loud-mouthed Dwan, appeared in the entryway. The doctor held an orange tabby cat and looked confused for a moment. Then he locked eyes with Ethrimel, and his expression hardened. The sorcerer nodded. Sold out to the Black Cloaks, have you, he thought. You may be in over your head, Doctor. Colden led the way, and Ethermel made sure to stay a step or two behind the Guardian. When they were a safe distance from the cabin, the half-elf looked up lazily at the trees. There is something about it, is there not? The forests, I think, will always be our people's home. You're a long way from home, Kin. First, how did you know who I was? I received a letter a few days ago from Luthli and her odious Hansa, she informed me that you were headed my way, and to keep an eye out for any elves that might have burn scars. He looked at Ethermel's face. It wasn't hard to put together. Ethermel spat. He relished the day he'd get to kill the elven assassin who scarred him so. And what's this proposition? You've been staying with the Scoryatel in the area, have you not? When Ethermel didn't answer, the Nufgardian shrugged. Your doctor friend has been quite adamant about that point, but I understand your tact so I won't bother to ask you what the Scoriatel have planned and when. I might assume Kin, as ideologically driven as the Squirrels would wait until mid one of our people's holiest days, to make a move, whatever that may be. I also won't ask if there is any connection to a commando gathering around Kalmec when a Kedweni delegation is staying in the very same town. I don't wish to insult you. How considerate. Do all diplomats say as much and mean as little as you, Colden? I don't remember Nilfgaardians being so verbose. Tell me your proposition, and we can move on. Very well. I am here to ask you and your Scoriaeal companions to leave the Kedwini delegation be. Allow them to reach the alliance talks in Mahakam untouched. Ethemel did not expect that, and tried to think of a clever response. Instead, he asked, "How is that possibly in Nilfgaard's best interests? It would scuttle the summit if Kedwin didn't arrive." "'Kedwen needs no assistance in scuttling the summit,' Colden said quickly. "'They'll do that quite on their own. King Henselt is too demanding, and his grudge against Edern is too strong. The talks will fall apart on their own. If, on the other hand, the Kedweni delegation is attacked before they reach the summit, it may bolster the other kingdoms and create a stronger alliance. And a strong northern alliance is decidedly not in Nilfgaard's best interests. Do you follow, kin?' "'Ethramel did.' He was sorry to admit he didn't consider that line of thinking. He doubted Shenny or any of the other squirrels did either. Blind hatred of Dwan will do that, I suppose, he thought. But foregoing any attack on Kedwin would be a wasted opportunity. And who gives a toss about Nilfgaard's military plans? A united North might push Nilfgaard back, as it did in the two previous wars. At the very least, it would prolong the conflict, which meant more dead and weakened Dwan. Ethermel preferred his own plan, personally. And what, he asked, would you be offering in return? Something I think you'll appreciate. As one of the Imperator's chosen diplomats, I have certain powers vested in me, powers I can wield as I see fit. Therefore, I am offering you, Ethremel on a few things in return. The first is a handwritten letter from me that will allow you to travel to and from Nofguardian territory unmolested. The second is a complete pardon for your crime in Toussaint. I'll see to it that Duchess Henrietta sends no more assassins after you. In the eyes of the Northgardian Empire, you will be a free citizen. One who, I might add, enjoys equal rights under the law, unlike here. Colden stopped, allowing Ethromel some time to take in what had just been offered. The thought was almost impossible to conceive. He had been on the run from assassins for nearly five years, since the last war. For such a headache to simply vanish, it seemed too good to be true. And one more thing, Colden continued, though I must make it clear this is not a binding promise, more a hope of mine. After this war is finished, and Nilfgaard finally brings civilization to the backwards north, we will need strong-willed kin to build a new home for the elves. They created a home for the elves after the last war, Ethramel said a little too quickly. Dol Blithana was granted sovereignty at the Peace of Sintra. I'm not speaking of an upjumped duchy under the suzerainty of Edern. What does Stennis, that boy-king, know of our people's plight? No, I'm speaking of a true elven homeland, where our people can be free. All of our people. The Scoryatel will finally have a home. You'll finally have a home. Colden took a step closer, and Ethramel noticed his purple eyes for the first time. Colden lowered his voice, though they were all alone. I've been working on this for some time, Kin, but I'll need all the help I can get. You're rare. There were few elven sorcerers left, and Francesca Findebear, that sorceress and so-called Duchess of Dolblathana, has already sold our people out to the Dwan. But, if another sorcerer was to step in. Ethermel, you could be a sage for our people. He's feeding you bullshit, Ethermel thought, but he had to admit the proposition held appeal. Not the creation of or ruling over a new Dolblathana, of course, but the pardon of his crimes in Toussaint. He could finally be free. The sorcerer took a moment and gathered his thoughts. All of this, if the Kedweni delegation make it to Mahakam? Yes. I'm not sure where you get your information, Kin, but I'm sorry to say it's incorrect this time. I don't lead the Scorytel commando, and cannot promise they'll be brought to heel. However, if you were to provide me, right now, with that handwritten letter granting me passage to Nilfgaard, I'll do what I can. Now you're the one who's saying much, but meaning little. Be clear with me. Very well. I make no promises. Now it was Colden's turn to look surprised. His purple eyes widened, and he scratched the side of his head. He took longer than Ethermel did to gather his thoughts. Tell me, what is your ultimate goal? To survive and to drink, the sorcerer thought, but said, I've been on the run from assassins for half a decade, Colden. I haven't looked much beyond that. I pity you, then. You need not waste your energy with such thoughts, Ethermel said with sudden anger. Instead, focus on your empire's ultimate goal. Tell me, why is Imperator Emirvar Emrys so focused on conquering the North? Is conquering two-thirds of the continent not enough for him? Has getting repelled by the Northern Kingdoms twice in the last nine years not chastened him? Colden did not rise to Ethermel's anger. He just regarded the sorcerer with his purple eyes. In addition to bringing order to a lawless land, the Imperator wishes to unite the continent under one strong leader, laboring together in peace. He feels that this is of grave importance, and must be done as quickly as possible. Only then, Emiris said, can we face the threat that gathers. Ethramel blinked, his anger rapidly cooling. And what does that mean? Do not waste your energy on such thoughts. Let's head back to the cabin. I'll write you that letter. But it will mean nothing if the delegation doesn't reach Mahakam. I understand. They remained silent on their return. Colden went into the cabin while Aethremel waited on Enye. He watched the six Nilfgaardians cautiously, but saved his sharpest gaze for Carminiola, who peeked his head out from time to time. Colden returned and handed him a letter with the black Nilfgaardian sun seal. Consider what I've said, Ethramel. There's more to life than running. If there is, I've yet to find it. Nice meeting you, Colden. Safe travels. Ethramel rode off without another word. He pushed Enye hard as if trying to outrun his thoughts, as if he could outrun the tempest of emotions raging inside of him. Colden's proposition was tempting, no doubt about that. But what of Shenny and Alu and the Scoriatel who have been fighting for years? Would he be able to stop them from killing the Kedweni? Would he even want them to? Would he be able to sell them out to save his own skin? Ethramel needed a drink. He wrote to Calmec as fast as he could. He had made his choice by the time he reached the gate. he wasn't ready to admit it to himself yet. He returned to the Crack Chalice Inn and asked the innkeeper if he had seen Sedra. Who? the fat man asked. The troubadour with brown hair. Have you seen her? The innkeeper thought for a moment, then nodded. Oh, she stayed here a few nights ago, but last I heard she was playing for Lord Haman. Perfect, Ethramel thought. He tossed a sack of coins on the bar. Do me a favor and send a runner to the Lord's house, Tell him that Sedra the Troubadour needs to meet with Ethramel at the Unkempt Beard, on the dwarven side of town, and that it's urgent. Do you understand? The fat man fumbled with his pouch. Yes, sir. I'll send someone right away. Good. But first, fetch me a pen and paper. Ethermel drank as he composed his letter to the duke heading the Ketweni delegation. He wrote that it would be best if the delegation left, tonight, for your own safety. Ethermel provided no additional context but added that the roads to Mahakam won't be safe after Midsummer. His hand shook the entire time, and he wished it was from the booze. Is this how the integrated elves, a caste Ethrimo hated almost as much as the Dwan, felt when they abandoned their kin for a safer and easier life? It must be, he thought, and was thoroughly disgusted with himself. Yet he took the letter and waited at the unkempt beard tavern. Ethrimo was three ales in, trying to ignore the rowdy dwarven fights and shouting matches, when Zevo entered. He nodded at the sorcerer, ordered an ale, and sat at his table. What have you been up to, Vatgern? Zevo grunted. Never have been one for words. Has anyone told you how frustrating that is? From time to time. I finished a job. I don't need to talk. Ah, another monster slain at the hands of Zevo of Kavir, then. Zevo held his mug up to his mouth and said, Something like that. I wish my world was as simple as yours, Zevo. But alas... Doesn't have to be so complicated, either. It does, Ethermel thought. When you're born an elf, everything is complicated. Doubly so if you're a sorcerer. Ethermel thought to say this, but decided to keep drinking instead. Zevo joined him, but spoke no more. Ethermel was six ales in when Sedra entered the unkempt beard. She wrinkled her nose at the smell and sat down at the table. She was wearing new, expensive-looking clothes. She looked to be getting on very well in Kalmec. Lucky her. You boys can do better than this spot, Cedra said. Yet we choose not to, Ethermel responded. Have a drink? The troubadour shook her head. I can't stay long. I have a performance for Lord Heyman this evening. The messenger said the matter was urgent, Ethermel. What is it? Zevo, would you please excuse us? The witcher looked at the two, thought to say something, but evidently decided he wanted to stay out of the whole business and left. Ethermel gave Cedra his letter and instructed her to deliver it to the head of the Kedweni delegation. Duke Edind? Cedra said. Edind's his name, eh? Good to know. Yes, he said. You know him, I assume? I do. What's it about? He'll know when he reads it. Just make sure he sees it as soon as possible. Within the hour, if you can. I'll pay you for your troubles. Cedra held up her hand. No need. I'm doing all right for myself. I'll make sure the Duke sees it. Will you be at the festival tomorrow? I wouldn't miss it. Then I'll see you there. And Cedra left Ethermel alone. He thought, at least I saved some coin selling out my own kin. But the thought wasn't funny, so he decided to drink until it was. He, blissfully, didn't remember the rest of the night. That'll do it for this episode of Tales from the Witcher. This podcast is written and produced by Jacob Gerstel. The Witcher novels are by Andrzej Sapkowski. The Witcher games are by CD Projekt Red, and the Witcher tabletop RPG is by R Talsorian Games. The music is by Eric Matias at SoundImage.org. Be sure to leave a rating and a review, and to spread the word of this podcast far and wide. You can follow the podcast at Tales Witcher Pod on X or at talesfromthewitcher.buzzsprout.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again next week.